Hello and welcome aboard our podcast, Fighting Catholic Jetlag. My name is JC and I'll be your host. I'm a flight attendant and I'm on a journey to find my place within the Catholic Church. I'll be accompanied by my friend and co-host, Father Larry Hostetter, priest of 34 years and doctor of sacred theology. He's a Catholic University president and for our discussion, he'll serve as spiritual ground control to keep things on course for our flight back to faith. At times, we'll be navigating through difficult and uncomfortable issues, so prepare for a bit of turbulence along the way. There won't always be easy answers, but no subject will be off the table. If you're ready to explore your own doubts and questions and rediscover your faith with us, then sit back, buckle up, and enjoy our flight to faith. The interesting thing about this with the church is that this is not a matter of doctrine. So you as a private individual can believe that it is the true shroud of Jesus, but you also don't have to believe that it's the true shroud of Jesus. It's not, it's not a requirement for faith. Yeah. And I love what, what John Paul II said about it. So the, the questions are, you know, is it true? How old is it? Is it authentic? And in the church's view, none of those questions have any bearing on the validity, validity of what Jesus taught or his, his death and resurrection. So John Paul II, St. John Paul II, said in 1998, and this is what we talked about in one of our earlier episodes about, uh, you know, faith and science staying in their own lanes. Yeah. So JP2 said, since it's not a matter of faith, the church has no specific competence to pronounce on these questions. So whether or not it is from that particular time or the true shroud of Jesus, it says the church has no specific competence. He further says she entrusts to science the task of continuing to investigate so that satisfactory answers may be found to the questions connected with this sheet. He did, however, demonstrate that he himself was deeply moved by the image. Um, I'm, I'm conflicted in how I feel about the idea of things being inspired by the Holy Spirit meant to be moving because I love that concept in a way but then I'm also I find myself instantly turning away from things that are like Jesus personally told me that you need to do this or it inspired this you know like it can be kind of what am I trying to say here Lauren a little too presumptuous yeah and like self it's them right. maybe pushing their beliefs on you, whereas you have your own relationship and spirituality. Yes, and, and kind of self-promotion and kind of like, yeah. um, I don't know, just because some, sometimes when that's dropped of, I just felt the Holy Spirit telling me I needed to tell you. And it oh, can yeah. be kind of like, so, but then there are some things like my Mother Mary Oracle deck and those things that it's like, um, in that book, it says this was inspired by, like, I felt the Holy mother coming through, helping me with writing this. Then I have this book, um, that I got a while back and it's called my angel Daniel. And it's this nun, I think that communicates with like her guardian angel. 
she's like this, I just put my hand to paper and he helped me write this. And like, in a sense, I can, I can believe that because I know when I can feel God talking to me, like it feels so powerful and feels so right um, and leads me in that direction. But then sometimes it's like, how do we, how do we trust this? And how do we get away from this being self-promotion? And so I wonder if some of these relics, how do we decide, how do we say like, yes, this isn't by not being, we don't want to be too cynical and we want to be faithful, but we also don't want to encourage anyone to just say this was inspired by, by God. If it wasn't, I don't know. So I think um, two things. First is um, inspiration doesn't imply that God is speaking directly to something. So mm-hmm. I could be out in the forest and be inspired by the beauty around me uh, to write a poem about God's glory. That's not the same as saying, I went to the forest, God said, write down these words. Okay. So inspiration is is not dictation or where somebody's speaking. Mm-hmm. So yes, I would agree with you that I would be skeptical too of someone saying, God spoke to me and said, uh, I need to do this so that you would be inspired. The second thing is, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) Leave that in there, Rebecca. If you take that out, what the hell happened, Father Larry? Two weeks ago in our our podcast, I challenged the notion that of God speaking directly to people to tell, you know, and, and you were the one that was saying, well, yeah. I think it's very valid when I say, you know, say something to Rebecca that, you know, God moved my heart and wants you to hear this. Yeah, I don't remember that. Did Anybody I make that? you say what the hell? Like, were you, did you drop something on your foot or were you moved to curse because of something I did? Because I would be honored. Oh, oh no, it's because what it was. because you and I because that just hold on. That just reversed the very argument that we had 2 weeks ago where you you were saying the opposite of what you just said. Dang it. You've got a memory <laughs> like a steel trap, Father Larry. I just found it confusing. You <laughs> She's evolved. I've evolved. 2 weeks? It's possible. She said what she I said. My mind from what I thought this morning when I woke up. So, yes. but what the I agree, hell? I agree with you on this. This, I version, don't know. this version of JC, I agree with this week. No, here's the problem though. You can be, this isn't a problem. This is just an observation. Um, sometimes you can be so skeptical that I'm like, Father Larry, have a little faith. Um, but then, I'm also really glad that you're like that because I would be like weirded out a little if you were just taking everything without discerning who it was coming from and the purpose of it. Good, good point. 
Good point. <laughs> well, I'll say what the hell. I'm drinking I, I, every I, time you say I'm right or good point. <laughs> but I, I do agree with you that um, when we say, when people claim to be inspired or claim that God has spoken to them and they need to share that, that we should be skeptical and discern whether or not that is try to do our best. I mean, obviously we take, if somebody says that to me, I take it very seriously and I, and, and I don't disbelieve that somebody. Right. Uh, right. Of course that, but well, what's the proper way of saying that? Because I'm telling you the blessed mother spoke through Rebecca, whether the two of you believe it or not, I know she did. Um, right. So how, how do we go about, how do you say like, I've been inspired by the Holy spirit and oh, came to me and said, uh, God placed under my heart to tell you that um, you need to buy a cherry red Mustang. Uh, I'm going to believe, and I'm exaggerating, obviously, I'm going to believe that you believe that God placed that on your heart, but I'm not changing my life based on what you're telling me about buying a cherry red Mustang. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. you know, I'll discern and go, yeah, that wouldn't be a bad thing to do, but I wouldn't even want that kind of a car. I would prefer it in black or white or you know, <laughs> yellow. Blue. Yeah. Nah, yellow would be. I can't ever imagine you in like a yellow whip just driving around town, but I would love to see it. Go on. So uh, basically I'm, I'm saying you're right. Okay, there you go. Uh, so, where were we? Oh, you wanted to know what, how do we know? I, I think if somebody claims- How do I be, convince Rebecca that the Blessed Mother was speaking through her? What did she tell you to do? No, she just told, she was, she was, she told me. So Daisy was really sick or she had already passed away. Oh, yeah. I think she was really sick, but we had Hallie and I said, I just feel like we got Hallie. Now Daisy's giving up. And Rebecca said, no, Hallie is Daisy. Daisy is relieved that Hallie is here to take the burden off of your heart, and she just said a lot of really beautiful stuff. Remember that, Rebecca? I'm like, I love you. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. And why wouldn't that be inspired? That's beautiful. That was beautiful, but that was before she was even like bad into the blessed mother but you know <laughs> I'm like, hey, that was you, Mary. you might be on to something on how we discern whether something somebody else tells us is inspired or not so if somebody is telling you something that is consoling or maybe even challenging or something that helps you understand things better or maybe redirects you in a positive way i would have no problem saying that's inspired if somebody gets you to do something that is out of fear, uh, that's when it's wrong. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. So Rebecca, did we, anything else about the shroud that we didn't cover or that we need to talk about? I don't think so. I think it was just understanding it more, really. I just didn't know how it came about. Where is it now? And do we actually... What do we think about it? That, that was just really. Did we ruin it for you, Rebecca? No, I, I mean, I had doubts with his face. 
not gonna lie. Um, so I was going in unsure anyway, but I think who more that wait a second, that lady that like, under my desk. I knew, I, I, I'm, I thought it was Hallie, and I'm like, that's too loud for Hallie. She's not under my desk. It's she just woke up between Ben and me whenever she spends the night. And Ben has woken up before and he's like, JC. And then he realizes it's Lady. She's <laughs> such a little dog. She makes a loud noise. I just kept hearing something and I'm like, did someone just burp? Are they? <laughs> lady that's why I kept putting myself on mute I wasn't like it's the dog (laughs) that's hilarious sorry about that anyway so we haven't we haven't ruined anything for you no I was looking for more information so this has been good so what do you take from this as a new soon-to-be new Catholic hearing this like does it shake your faith to hear these things? Does it make you more certain that we're not all crazy? Does it make you feel like it's all a sham? Or like, no. what are your thoughts when you, when these things happen? I don't think it bothers me at all. I'm pretty confident in what I believe in and what I don't believe in. So yeah, I, I don't know. I think I like that. each time around. What about you, Lauren, as a lifelong Catholic hearing this? Like, is it comforting or is it like kind of disturbing? No, I don't think that I ever knew the details, but I think if we had talked about it, I may have come to a similar conclusion as far as not real, but representative. Um, Right. So not, I don't think I knew it anywhere in the back of my mind or anything but it's not jaw-dropping to me and it doesn't change anything for me yeah yeah but it's fascinating Um, it is well it kind of um maybe in a similar sense as someone who I mean I'm a lifelong Catholic but I got more into my faith in college so I didn't grow up hearing Bible stories as I don't know like bedtime stories right right so hearing them now um and then hearing that we're allowed to approach biblical things as okay maybe this is can just be a symbol or maybe this can just lead us to faith maybe it doesn't have to be 100% accurate that helps me a lot Mm -hmm. like as an adult Mm -hmm. it, it tremendously helps me. I don't, I'm not saying that's would help everyone. And I think for children, like it's maybe if I would have learned a lot of it as a kid, I would have had a different perspective on it. But as an adult, that's coming back to the church. It's so comforting to just be like, oh, there's a deeper meaning to this and not, all right, we're kind of believing in things that is, sounds a little kooky. Mm-hmm. So that's, kind of where I how I feel about it so uh Saint John John the 23rd Pope John the 23rd said the church is not a museum of antiques but a garden of life and so when we focus it as primarily just as this ancient relic you know that needs to be studied and analyzed determine its truth we look at it more as an antique or something that you know 
even the word relic implies, you know, old and no longer useful. Um, you know, it's a relic from the past. But this, the idea that um, the church is a garden of life you know, puts it kind of in, in, in context that, you know, it's something that moves us to something greater. And if it's, if it's something that inspires us, and just back to your question, JC, um, you know, how do we know if it should inspire us? If it inspires you, run with it. If it doesn't inspire you, let it go. Not everything has to be inspirational. Not everything touches everybody in the same way. Some people mm -hmm. get a great deal of joy out of the rosary, out of the Blessed Mother. Some people don't, you know, and that's one of the beauties of the Catholic Church is, um, is, is the joy that it brings. You know, one of the other topics that I thought we might have time to talk about this time uh, but I, I don't think we'll maybe we'll do it for a future one are the Eucharistic miracles. These are things where, you know, usually the story is it's a priest who doubts the real presence of Jesus and the host he's holding it while celebrating mass, you know, begins to drip blood or it turns into uh, human flesh. And so, you know, there are uh, places where those things are stored and venerated. I'll be honest. I get zero out of that. I find it actually a little off-putting. Wait, uh, what? Because Can you be more specific about what you what you find off-putting? The, the idea that the Eucharist is somehow the the, the 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 literal bleeding body of Jesus is off-putting to me because that kind of goes against our whole theology of Eucharist, which is that it is truly the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ, but in Eucharistic form. It's, mm. it's the substance okay. of who Jesus is, not his actual physical body. And there was okay, a whole... that's a big point. Because someone had said to me in the not too long ago, they had said, there are people your age that actually, that really doubt if it's really the body and blood of Christ. And it made me stop and think, oh my gosh, like I, I'm having, I'm having a hard time understanding it. And I am too embarrassed to even admit that, but to hear you. To be, yeah, yeah, go ahead. But just to hear like, okay, wait, we can talk through, we can figure that there might be a way for me to understand this because well, I definitely having struggle. A, having something on the Eucharist is probably going to be an important topic again, because, you know, that's one of the things the bishops are very worried about is people's understanding that of the Eucharist and not understanding it as the body and blood of Christ. But how do we understand it as the body and blood of Christ is an important question. So what I mean by I find it off-putting is, you know, uh, there's some churches like in Lanziano, there's a reliquary that holds a, a piece of the host that turned into human flesh. Um, again, the church has never said that that's the literal flesh of Jesus. Mm. It, Wait it, a minute. Because it's... It's part of it's the same thing as with the shroud. It's if you want to believe it and it helps you, you can, but you don't have to. My whole point in saying this is that all these wonderful devotions and relics and other things, 
highlight the diversity of the, in the church and that there are some things that some people are very moved by the shroud. I find the shroud to be a whole lot more moving than, let's say, these Eucharistic miracles. And I'm not denying that that's not true. I just don't find any personal connection to that. I find a stronger per personal connection to the shroud, even though I can acknowledge that it's probably a 12th, 13th, maybe 14th century creation. But there's something inspiring about it. Um, and so we don't have to have it all figured out in terms of black and white. And we should focus on the things that inspire us. And if something doesn't inspire us, let it go. Because it's obviously not, not for you. Uh, it's like, well, I don't want to trivialize it. Into no, saying say it's, it. it's like, well, I, like it's, it's, not, it's not really personal taste. It's, you know, like somebody finds a leopard print attractive versus a, uh, you know, big old plaid, uh, something or another. I'm out a of my leopard league. prints a neutral in a wardrobe basic. Right. Yes. Thank you, Lauren. Um, but it's, Let's it's just more clear that, that up right now. Yeah, I don't want to I trivialize it. And I don't want to trivialize it and make it sound like it's just about personal taste. Um, it's it's deeper than that. It's about one's personal spirituality. Yeah. yeah. But everybody comes to spirituality differently. Everybody comes to God differently. We're not all the same. We're all created a little bit differently. You get a great deal out of the Blessed Mother and um, uh, in a very unique way uh, that other people might not. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong one way or the other. I don't know. Some weird stuff's been happening this year. I don't think I told you this, but so, I, no, I did tell you I've started like, reading the bible while listening to the bible rather that is weird it is <laughs> oh my god it's so weird <laughs> it's weird because it's not like we're gosh definitely heavily edit this rebecca but i didn't think i never grew up reading the bible because we had it read to us in mass and it didn't it felt like a really protestant Things I, I don't know. I just never uh -huh. any anyway. All right, now resume. So I'm reading the Bible now and I really <laughs> enjoy it. And I like truly feel like I, I haven't felt the blessed mother as much lately. And it made me kind of sad. And I just but I've gotten closer to Jesus. And but I can feel like Mary saying like that was the point all along. Like you were always supposed to get there. Like I was always pointing to him. Um, but it took like getting into the Bible for me to really see that. And I, I don't, it's not like I wish I would have done that sooner though. I, but well, that would have been cool. But um, it was really great. Like, like whenever you allow other things, like letting God work through the Blessed Mother or through Rebecca and Lauren, like just trying to point you in the right direction, like that's cool too. To yeah. Jesus through Mary is the expression that people often say. So, what do they say? The to Jesus through Mary. Oh, I like that. What? How do you say so, that? You're right again. Oh my, like I can't even keep up with how many times I've been right in this episode. I'm taking a drink. Mm. 
All right. Um, I think we need to close off. It's it's two it's two o'clock here. What do you have going on? I I uh, I'm still in Florida. Just finished some higher ed business tomorrow. I begin um, visiting with some friends of Brescia and alumni. We actually have an alumni event in the villages on Saturday, and then I fly back to Owensboro Saturday evening. We have our honors convocation on uh, Sunday, and then I'm going to moderate the uh, the celebration of excellence. Lauren, are you helping with that too? Um, I told Amanda to reach out if she didn't have enough people. So I haven't heard okay. from her yet, but she's also- And then on Sunday evening, I've been invited to um, dinner uh, by the Muslim community. You know, it's Ramadan for them. And so they have a, a nice dinner at the end when the sun goes down. Uh, at, on the evening of, of Ramadan, they fast all day uh, from the morning until evening, and then they have a little bit of a celebration every day. So um, that's awesome. I'll be doing, I'll be doing that that evening. Yeah. Have you ever been to one? Yes. Yes. That's cool. Before. Well, so. all of our listeners want to know from all of that. Everyone's question is. Will you or won't you wear your collar on the plane? Oh, I won't. Why? I've, I've just worn it for the last three days. And I only have one shirt and I think it's done. Okay. I don't, I don't think anybody would want me to wear that shirt on the plane. But you don't you don't wear it to like get free drinks or get out of tickets or anything. Like you're that just doesn't happen except when you're on the plane and I've never been on your plane. I always give priests free drinks. So you hear it, you heard it here first. If you were on my flight and you're a priest, show me your collar or another credential and I will, I've got you covered. I, I flew Spirit Airline coming down and I guess I shouldn't speak badly of anybody, but the seats were almost, they were tiny. But, <laughs> um, so they were tiny? Yeah. You sent me a it's picture and I've never you... seen your knees bend that way. And I was so concerned for you. It was pretty miserable. And everything caught. They don't give you anything free. Although the flight attendants were super. You know what? That's what we like to hear. Yeah. And the pilots did a good job flying the plane. Yeah. So, um, and they don't have first class. They just have the big seat section, they call it. And so for an extra, I don't know how much you can buy, they have they have four or six big seats in the front. You don't get anything else but a big seat. And it's a first class size seat, but you don't get any first class service. So wait a second. Did they on this on this flight that you don't want to name, um in the big seat section, do they serve the champagne and plastic cups then no they don't they, you get no other additional service other than you get a big seat wow which for most people in, in that one first class it's really what they want is they want the space they really don't care about the champagne that's considered Lauren, what do you want as a as a frequent first class passenger what do you want in a first class seat i would say i want it all um, warm washcloth, cloth, champagne, space, privacy, no paparazzi, yeah. that type of stuff. Absolutely. 
Well, we're leaving that. We're leaving that in, and everybody is going to hear that Lauren is a frequent, <laughs> frequent first flyer. flyer. That's Absolutely. right. Absolutely. That's right. It's the only way to fly, right? No shame. Right. <laughs> Never. private. Support, support my industry. When Father Larry told, text me saying about his flight, I res- what did I respond with, Father Larry? Do you remember? When you said what? When you were talking about your flight, and I said, I just don't understand how more people do not fly private it i just can't understand it because why would you why would you subject yourself well who can afford private commercial airlines oh my gosh father larry that's the joke Uh, (laughs) hey while i have you on the line tell me what the wordle is because it sounds hard i haven't started it yet oh you got to do it first okay we gotta pray I found a shroud of turn prayer. Rebecca's nodding her head yes, and I'm giving the look of no, it'll be better if you put it in your own words. It never is. I'm sorry. It never is. That's not what our listeners say. Yeah, don't so listen to this. This is actually rather beautiful. This is a prayer. In fact, in fact, my mother on Facebook says you have such a way with words, Mother Larry. Oh, we're good. Uh, so this prayer is called The Prayer Before Jesus' Shroud, and it's very relevant. Okay, let us pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Holy Shroud of Jesus' burial, wind around my country of many mass shootings, the classrooms, campuses, street corners and stadiums, theaters and nightclubs, the venues where gun mayhem halts life. Winding sheet of Jesus' burial, Encircle the factories of death, where the machines and technologies of destruction are imagined. Encircle the world's pentagons, the oval offices, the square offices, the rectangular offices, where presidents, premiers, prime ministers, and chancellors ponder, discuss, and wrestle up death. Grave blanket of Jesus, and wreath the silos, hangars, warehouses, ports, and bases, where drones doze at the ready, the missiles, tanks, and nuclear-tipped submarines with divine nicknames, the supersonic everything likened to angels, GPS systems, pinpointing ivory elephants, landing rockets on the enemy. Holy blood-stained shroud, bandage up the yellow bus, the playground, the market, the hospital, the school, the synagogue, the mosque, the cathedral, grave cloths of Jesus ring around the laboratories, the research centers, perfecting the lucrative tools of death, the heat-sensitive systems, containers for the secrets of mass ruin and germ warfare. Cloak of Jesus entombed, cover the other Abu Ghraibs, the places where conscience has died, and savagery reigns. Enveloping cloak of Jesus buried, pull all human hearts together, and out of our sleepwalk, our too busy to know better lives, wearied by the scary news, the blood news, the smoke and flame news, the shocking news that doesn't shock anymore, give us Jesus-shaped minds. 
swaddle the sex trafficked, the sex abused, the child laborers, the kidnapped girls, the boy soldiers, the pornography, the cut out, flushed out, the thrown away. Bundle up the children whose innocence is deadened by adults, addicted, crazed, impoverished, hateful, the movie producers, the war game creators, the profiteers of entertainment, killing, and death. Enfold us, holy shroud, cocoon-like, waiting to awaken, repented, spun around, rebirthed, and gladdened. Amen. 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 Isn't that kind of a cool prayer? Mm-hmm. The prayer was done by Father Stephen Morris. So he's trying to imagine the world with the shroud weaving its way all around the various aspects of life. All right. <laughs> well. Lady thing. <laughs> What is that a good prayer? No, it was so. It was, it was so good. Bad. I was laughing at you. Uh, <laughs> what? What did I do? Tell me. <laughs> I don't I'm... think anything. <laughs> it was Whoa. very thorough. It was very thorough, and it really hit on every point. I, we can change it. It was it too much? No, I no. liked it. No, no. I, Why are you all laughing? <laughs> no. I don't know laughing. why I'm laughing, actually, because I'm I did. Because, because, you know, you okay, it's liars, hard enough. Liars, liars, pants on fires. <laughs> I could see Lauren bubbling up, and then that's what got me going. I was like, I didn't even know what she was laughing at, but her I face is like going about. I liked the prayer, but yes, I for some but reason what? I got but what Lauren. No, because when saying... you pray in public and it takes longer than like ten seconds, then you like start looking around and then you catch eyes and then you're like, the more you try to make yourself be reverent, the more the, the Satan gets you and you just <laughs> It is so difficult. I think it was you, that. I think it was just a, a little bit towards the end. I got tickled, not about the prayer, and then I just couldn't get untickled. Okay, I'll say what tickled me, but don't take offense to this. When you said the lab, wrap it around the laboratories, I heard lavatories, and I thought. <laughs> Do I need to re-record it? No, no, no. no. You don't remember it. This podcast is ended. Go and love as you have been loved. Peace be with you. Oh, y'all. And with your spirit. (laughs) Um, And Godspeed. (laughs) Amen.